listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. A little greeting that St. Francis would begin his preaching with. May the Lord give you his peace. Amen. I'm going to begin this homily in the way I begin pretty much all of my homilies. Just acknowledging how beautiful the readings are today. I just love these readings. They're so wonderful. In the book of Genesis, chapter 18, there's the mysterious story of the three visitors to Abraham. And in the early church, they started to understand that in some way, this story was a prefigurement of the Trinity, the one God who is three persons. And uh, in the 1400s, the most famous of all the Russian icons by Andrei Rublev, the artist, uh, did an icon of this story. And uh, it's the most beautiful and profound icon of the Holy Trinity. You can Google it, okay? Uh, Rublov, icon of the Trinity, Genesis 18 here. Just wonderful. We know how the Old Testament prefigured the New, and the New Testament was hidden in the Old. And coming back and, and seeing how it's been revealed to us that, that God is one, but also three persons. And there's this mysterious story there. It's just wonderful. Um, our second reading from Colossians 1, one of my absolute favorite passages of the Bible. I, you're allowed to have many favorite passages, okay? It's God's word. Such a mysterious line from St. Paul. Um, I rejoice in my sufferings. Who, who talks like that? You know? um, and then he goes on to say, For in my flesh I'm filling up for what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. And we know uh, from other passages of St. Paul, he's not claiming that Jesus didn't suffer enough. And so now we have to suffer to make up for what he didn't suffer. No, he's not saying that, of course. But rather this mysterious, beautiful Catholic understanding that because of Jesus now, even suffering is redemptive. That we can unite our suffering to the one sacrifice of Jesus and um, make a sacrifice to uh, with our suffering and with our prayer, which clearly calls to mind the story of the children of Fatima. You know, this is the shrine of Our Lady of Fatima, and we remember what Mother Mary said to the children, and she told them to tell us that we can make a sacrifice, we can receive the suffering, but we don't, um, we don't have to feel put down by our suffering, but rather we can unite our suffering to Jesus, and he gathers our suffering into his, and we have a participation and his one sacrifice, so that even now our sufferings can become redemptive. And it's in that light that we could say what St. Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings. 
And then, of course, this very famous gospel passage of the two sisters, Martha and Mary. Let's remember they're both saints, St. Martha, St. Mary. But Martha is worried, she's anxious, and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to the Lord. And um, so Martha gets a little bit of a rebuke here. And uh, Jesus is telling her that, Martha, that Mary has chosen the better part to, to listen to the Lord. And in this way, Mary becomes such a model for us of prayer, such a, a model of a contemplative life to listen to the Lord. Um, so I'd like to share with you a, a personal story to kind of pull these themes together. Um, I want to preface my story by just letting you know um, I'm not sharing my story as a means to drawing attention to myself, but rather to something very profound that the Lord did and I think um, maybe the Lord wants to extend that grace to all of us here today. So um, I, for the last 26 years, have been serving as a Franciscan friar, sons of St. Francis, and in our friaries, you can imagine what it's like with a group of guys living together. It's a little bit like a fraternity, but without the drinking, okay? And um, so we have a lot of fun, and you know the way guys relate to one another. We often kind of joke and tease one another, and we make fun, and and um, we have kind of a funny joke in our friaries, which I want to share with you. Um, when somebody turns 33 years old, often you'll hear the comment, 33, that's a good year to die, right? Because that's how old Jesus was when he died. And we often joke about things maybe we're a little bit afraid of. And uh, I'll never forget on my 33rd birthday, we have a Franciscan happy birthday song that we sing. Um, would you like to hear it? Okay. Now, keep in mind, it's something kind of like out of the Middle Ages. It's a little bit like something from Monty Python, if you know their humor. You can imagine monks with robes and just kind of a medieval kind of feel to it. And uh, imagine being at your birthday party with, you know, 15 friars around the table. And it goes like this. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Gloom and sadness fill the air. People dying everywhere, but happy birthday. Hey, don't tell anyone else, okay? It's a little inside information there. So we, uh, we tend to have that sense of humor in the friars, uh, gloom and sadness. Um, a 33 years old, a good year to die. Well, um, a year later... Um, something happened, which is, again, very personal, which I'd like to share with you today. So when I was 34, um, I was in our chapel, sitting down, and normally, because I'm so tall, you don't normally see the top of my head, but I was sitting down, and the mother of one of our friars walked past me, and she said to me, you have a funny-looking mole on the top of your head, you should get that checked out. And she was a nurse working at a dermatologist's office, so I thought to myself, she probably says that to everybody, right? You know, so I'm like, okay, okay. Well, she persisted in a motherly way of encouraging me. So eventually, I go and I get this mole, you know, examined. And the next morning, at six in the morning, I got a phone call from the doctor. And he says to me, can you get to the hospital today? I was like, whoa, what is going on? What is going on? So he shared with me, you have cancer. It's a melanoma, which is one of the more aggressive forms of cancer. 
and it's already grown through all of the layers of the skin and it's in the fatty tissue under the skin. It's a pretty serious situation. So you can imagine that experience. So I started to call different hospitals and I had a hard time finding a hospital that would receive me because of the, the, that level of the cancer. Um, usually you're basically dead already. But thanks be to God, I was able to get into Sloan Kettering. Sloan Kettering is a cancer hospital in New York City. It's one of the best in the world. And so I'll never forget getting in there, getting to the uh, examination with the doctors and the specialists. And uh, then there's that meeting where you sit down and they give you the news. And I'll never forget the doctor telling me, so basically we're gonna have to do the surgery. Um, and if the cancer has not spread, you're going to be fine. But if, if it has spread, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's already quite advanced, you probably have less than two months to live. So you can imagine how I felt so shaken at that moment. Um, as a young man, 34 years old, and um, said we have an opening for surgery in about eight days. So for the next eight days, I mostly just sat in our chapel, sat there in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, and I had the most intense experience of prayer. And in that time of prayer, it was almost like for me this Martha, Martha moment, where as I was praying and processing what was happening, I became aware of all of the reasons why I wasn't ready to die. I wasn't ready to meet my maker. And at this stage in my life, it wasn't because of a lot of sins or anything, but just in the busyness of life, I became aware of all of the many ways that I had kept Jesus at an arm's distance. You know, um, I think many of us were here, we're in church. You know, in, in our culture today, there's so many ways that we, we can be distracted, we can be unfocused, we can be... Um, taken up with many cares and worries and anxiety. And during that week of prayer, it became clear to me all of the things that had stopped me from having a deep prayer life. All of the ways that um, my relationship with the Lord had, had become somewhat shallow. And in the midst of that suffering, there was an invitation from Jesus like Mary, to refocus on the one thing that's actually necessary. That the Lord wants to have a deep connection with each one of us. And uh, as a priest, obviously, you know the rest of the story because I'm still here, okay? So I had the surgery, and the doctors were completely in shock. They said, we've never seen this before, but somehow that cancer had not spread anywhere you're fine <laughs> no but the grace of that experience has stayed with me brothers and sisters you know maybe there's a word today for all of us coming from the lord to take a moment and think about the ways big and small like martha that we allow the cares and concerns to lead us to a place of worry and anxiety and that our connection with the lord our life of prayer isn't what it should be. The Lord wants to be so close to us 
So I want to conclude by inviting all of us at this Holy Mass, particularly when we come forward to Holy Communion, we come forward with a great sense of reverence and awe that it is Jesus himself we are receiving. And to have a moment of silence and prayer to really connect with the Lord, to really think about in any ways we may have had a disordered priority. During that week, I became aware of all the reasons why I didn't want to go, and all the attachments and all of the people and the things that I was confronted, I loved them more than I loved God. And I think that that is a struggle for all of us. And on this day, the Lord is inviting us to an examination of conscience, to take a moment to pause and to pray and to ponder and to ask the Lord for the grace to go deeper. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans Thank you.